Greetings friends, it's a great blessing for me to come to you again and just bring you the absolute good news of Jesus Christ. Today I'm going to continue to talk along the lines of Jesus, what he went through and how God brought salvation to him, how he trusted in God, how he believed that he will not die but that he will declare the word of the Lord. The scripture in Psalm 18 where it basically says, I will not die, but I will declare the wisdom of God. That passage is actually uh, referring to Jesus Christ. And uh, we're going to look at that specific passage. And I can quickly read it to you. It says here, I, um, I will not die, but live and proclaim what the Lord has done. That passage is actually referring to Jesus. Uh, he's referring to what Jesus prayed, what he confessed, what he believed, based on his mind that was set in the wisdom of God, which was from before the world began. Now, it sounds complicated, but that's what we're going to talk about today. And uh, we're going to start off in James, uh, looking at what wisdom is. Today's going to be just a short message, but it can be thought-provoking. It can uh, touch the depth of your heart and get you to think in a certain direction, understand Scripture in a certain way. The idea that I have in my ministry is not to teach and spoon-feed people all the time, but it is to give you nuggets and uh, ways of thinking and uh, unlocking certain things by the grace of God, not my own ability or because of... Uh, you know, me being smart or all those kind of things. I don't see myself as this smart guy having all the degrees and all of that. I don't have any of that. I'm just a person who has studied the scriptures and walked with God and just want to share what God has put in my heart uh, to people. And then it's for them to go and look into the scriptures for themselves. Or even if you're not a person that reads the Bible all the time, just walk in your relationship with God from this wisdom and this knowledge. We need to understand that the New Testament people uh, didn't have Bibles, but they knew the gospel. Uh, the gospel was put into phrases and words, and they re remembered that, recited that, um, they thought about that and they lived from the reality that there was a man that was crucified, died and rose from the dead, that he is Lord and the ruler of heaven and earth and that uh, submission is given unto him and that he then conquers death in you and they've had the expectation of being raised from the dead. They lived that uh, in the presence of Rome, in the presence of the Jews that persecuted them, in the presence of all the idol worshippers and all of their old traditions. They lived it and saw the fruit of it. Sometimes they were persecuted, but we found that the persecution that, that they were standing under was definitely not stronger than this message because they believed this word in verse 17, is that is, I will not die but live. And I will proclaim what the Lord has done. Do you think that refers, that is not true anymore for those that has already passed away 2,000 years ago? No, that scripture is still true. It was true to, for Jesus and he was raised from the dead. He did not die and he, well, we know he died, but then death didn't have him. He was raised from the dead and he today is through people and by his spirit poured out on people proclaiming what the Lord God has done. And that is true for every martyr. That is true for Paul. That is true for Peter. That word remains true. For they shall be raised from the dead. 
death shall not have them. They would have been chastened, if you want to call it like that, severely. They would have entered into the clutches of death, but not given over to death. And they'll be raised from the dead. And what will we all do in the day of the resurrection? As the scripture says, we will proclaim what the Lord has done. He has given us eternal life. So that scripture is not true or not true defined in everyday circumstances because we find many people, I I think of um, friends of mine that has uh, believed in uh, and, and confessed that they will not die and but they physically in their bodies died. But I want to tell you that that scripture remains true for them. Death shall not have them. They shall be raised. They shall live forevermore. And they shall proclaim what the Lord has done. And they'll be raised from the dead. And that God has given eternal life. And they've walked in the wisdom of God. I mean, what an honor to have the last words in your mouth uh, when you pass away, if you want to call it like that, is to say that I will not die but live I mean, wouldn't that be the most beautiful words? And this is exactly what Jesus Christ said when he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. What he was basically saying is is that my life is in your hands and the Father has promised. By that I'm saying with my last breath that I will live and not die because God is faithful. Glory to God. That is just so much higher than the uh, elementary things of this world where it's about... Um, having everything today and now and seeing changes and all that. Do we see that? Yes, we do. We do see God working in our lives every day. But the inner peace we have is based on the wisdom of God. Now, let us just pray and let me get then right into the scriptures. I've already started to preach there and uh, I actually wanted to pray. Let us pray. Father, thank you so much for your love and your kindness and your goodness. Thank you for your grace and that you empower me to preach this message powerfully today and that many people's lives will be impacted. Thank you, Lord, that this uh, which I preach will be like a key that unlocks things for people, that they can think in a certain way. Thank you that it brings peace to our lives. Thank you that you are God Almighty and that you love every person. Amen and amen. I want to read from James chapter uh, 1. I'm going to read from verse 5. This is talking, uh, let's read from verse 4. It says, Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, lacking, not lacking anything. And if you lack wisdom, you should ask God who gives generally to all without finding fault and will be given unto you. So what he's basically saying here is, he says, persevere, Continue to believe in the good news of Jesus Christ and you uh, to the point that you will lack nothing. What he's, what he's talking about there is that believe in Jesus Christ, even if it would be unto death, uh, so that you can, in basically in the day of the resurrection, lack nothing. And if you lack wisdom, if you feel that you need life, if you lack the power of God, that's other way of where you can put it, ask of God who gives without finding fault. That is beautiful. If you need the power of God, if you need the life of God in your life today, ask of God and he will give you wisdom. Now, he will give that power to Now, let me just explain the true context of James because we're taking it a bit out of its original context and we know that context is always king. You need to um, understand the context wherein things were written. 
uh, to see what it truly means. Although I'm already, I've already pulled it a bit out of its true context, just in the examples that I gave. Let me first explain the true context here. The true context here was that there were uh, Jewish people that were now uh, basically going, that believed in Jesus, and they were going back to the old Jewish traditions. And the reason why they were going back into the old traditions was because of persecution. And he said to them, listen, man, uh, don't go back to the old Jewish ways of doing. God is not double-minded. Obviously, there many people came and they looked at scriptures and they looked at circumstances and they talked about the death of Jesus and his resurrection and the persecution that came and all of that. And they would say to them, no, 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 I think we've missed it a little bit with Jesus. Let's go back to our old Jewish customs. Uh, maybe this guy was truly not uh, Jesus or some would say, I think most would say, yeah, maybe he is the Lord, but we misunderstood what he came to do. And uh, I think... Uh, we waited for him to come back. He hasn't come back now. Well, if he's Jesus, well, he will do what he said. But let us, in the meantime, go back to our traditions. And they looked for wisdom, how to have life in everyday life. They wanted to know how to live every day. Because a lot of things has changed for them. The, um, we, we're looking at the, the prophecies of the destruction of Jerusalem. We looked at uh, Jesus being the Messiah, but not being a political leader that has brought uh, freedom for them based on the wisdom of politics and all those kind of things. And yet they were now in a very difficult time. And they basically said, uh, they thought that uh, what they were going through was just a temptation and that they had to go back to the old Jewish customs. So what James is telling them is if you need wisdom, and what the Jew would understand as, as wisdom is basically the power unto life, the power unto life. If you need the power unto experiencing life, uh, ask of God and know that he will give without looking back that's what the greek says he abradeth not he doesn't take the past into account meaning that if you as a jew are being persecuted and you are now scattered and you are beaten and you are mocked and all those kind of things uh, because of your faith as a christian and you need wisdom of god God is never going to advise you to go back to the old system that you were under, where it was about the flesh, where it was about who is the Jew, who is the Gentile, and so forth. He's not going to go back to that. If you think, let, let me give you a good example, um, although it's not a truly contextual example, but it's a good example. If you think that you, if you, if, if you were doing well financially and you were a tither, and all of a sudden you got a revelation that Jesus Christ is the tithe. And then you stop to tithe. And not long after that you are experiencing that you are going through. Then COVID comes, for instance, and the business is closed down. And now you are suffering a bit financially. Um, and now you need wisdom of God. Uh, you want to know, you, you need life now that comes from God. The only way you're going to have life is to ask of God. In other words, not to try and produce, but to be on the receiving end of that power. If you need wisdom, if you need the power unto life, if you need the uh, correct application of truth in your life, which is Jesus. We're going to look at that now. Uh, ask of God who will never take, in, take the past into account. 
meaning he will never go back to the past. He abradeth not. He will not look at the past and bring, bring that up again. In other words, if, if you are going through a financial difficulty and you ask God for wisdom, he's not going to tell you to tithe. He's not going to do that. He's not going to go back to the old way. What the Jews would have understood is if um, back then, if you had to be circumcised and then obey the law, uh, and then you waited for a political leader to bring salvation to you, and now you need wisdom, uh, after that you have now rejected all those things or where you basically said that life is not by that, don't think that he's going to come back with the old uh, fleshly way of looking at the law again. He's not coming back. He's not coming back with Ten Commandments as a way unto life. He's still pointing to Jesus. He's not going back to the old way. That's it. He's not going to tell you, you need a temple, you need to build a, a, a synagogues, you need to... Uh, those. He's not going to do that. He's not bringing back the Jewish way of doing He's not doing that. He abradeth not. It's like if we look in South Africa at solving problems, and uh, if you need wisdom, you can go, let's say, to uh, somebody, in, uh, to a judge, for instance, or a lawyer, and he can give you advice as pertaining to what to do uh, about your business and employing people and so forth. And if you go to him and you ask for advice, know this, he's never going to give you the advice to start the apartheid system again. He will give you advice, but don't go expecting that he will go back to that old system. Uh, because if you, if you go back and you think, well, uh, you know, he can give advice. It can be the old system again. It can be mixed with the new. You'll be unstable in everything you do. And when you expect that, and that is what you already have predecided you will hear, you're not going to truly understand what that man says because you are receiving everything through a filter. Now, back to the point. When it comes to asking God for wisdom, he's not going to go back to the law. He's not going to go back to a system where you were under that you were deemed from. No. He's going to continue to point you to Jesus. Listen to this. If any one of you lack wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all, be a Jew or Gentile, without finding fault. He's not saying that the Jew or a Gentile, and he's, he's not going to say the person is not circumcised, this one is circumcised, this one followed the customs of Moses, that one doesn't, this one's dress code is right, that one's um, eating kosher and all those kind of, he's not going back to that. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect that he would receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. So what he's saying here to the Jews is, listen man, when you ask God, don't be double-minded. Don't be law and grace-minded. Only be resurrection-minded. Only be uh, Jew-Gentile system has passed away. Jesus was raised from the dead. And now I need life. I need Jesus in my situation. And know that the answer will never be out of the law system. Okay, now, with that said, I want to go and look at uh, 1 Corinthians 
1 verse 30. It says here, let me go to verse 24. It says, But unto them which are called both Jew and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. So what it basically says here is that Jesus Christ is the power of God and he is the wisdom of God. He is the one through whom God rules and he is the wisdom of God. We're going to look at what that wisdom is. He says, But of him are you in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So Jesus Christ has been made unto us the wisdom of God. Let's read it again. But we are, because of God, we are in Christ, who of God is made unto us wisdom. So Jesus was made the wisdom of God unto us. Now back then, the Jews saw wisdom as the correct application of the law, which strictly is right because the correct application of the law is to see that the law says to you that you cannot live by your own power and that you uh, should live by Jesus. That's the one thing. Plus, the law uh, was prophesying about Jesus Christ. So the correct application of the law is that the law points to Jesus. So wisdom, the, the law, would be the knowledge that comes our way. Wisdom would be to apply the correct application of that knowledge, which would point us to Jesus, which would in himself be another form of wisdom. Um, sorry for being so technical today. But um, that wisdom that Jesus Christ is, is basically the power of God whereby we have life. So, if you are in any situation, doesn't matter how bad it is, if you are going through a difficult time, uh, you know, I, a few days ago I, sp I spoke to a friend of mine, it was just via WhatsApp communication, and his grandchild was, uh, was ill. And, you know, I was... Um, you know, we prayed for him and everything. And then he said, uh, when he asked for prayer, and this was, to me, the wisdom of God. He spoke everything, what was wrong, needed prayer, didn't know if they have COVID, whatever, there were many things. And, um, and then he said, but you know what? It's basically like this. I give it to God because my grandchild is also God's son. That is wisdom. That is to say that the source of life, the one that gives life, this person, the grandchild, is under his rule, under his jurisdiction, and the authority to get the grandchild healed does not rest upon the grandfather doing everything right, praying everything right and all of that. He comes and he says, thank you for prayer, but I just want to, I, I, I just also want to say that, and this was, he just quickly mentioned it, it was so powerful, but he's also God's child. That is so beautiful. You know how much peace that has given me? God has promised my children life. Do I care for them as, as their father? Yes. But they are also God's children, actually more so. There are more 
the child of God than what they are my child. I'm just the biological father, and me being their father is temporal, not just because of death in the sense of that I will pass away one day and they will pass away one day, but because of the resurrection. Uh, and they will be raised from the dead where their physical bodies will owe their birth, its, its birth to God only and not to my wife and me. So God is more their father than what I am. And God has promised them life in Jesus. He's raised Jesus from the dead. And whenever I ask God uh, wisdom about my children, or in this case of my friend with his grandchild, we need prayer. True wisdom is to know that God is the source of life for that person. And if you ask God for wisdom, you are asking him the application of Jesus to your situation. That is what you do when you ask for wisdom. Wisdom is not to know what I must do every day. Wisdom is to say, God, I want the power of the resurrection as pertaining to this situation. And when we look at that, we're going to look at that now in Psalm 118. We did touch on that. We're going to look at it again. It says here, Jesus Christ was made wisdom unto us. In other words, as what the Jews saw, a correct interpretation of the law. You know, you can have the law, but it doesn't mean that when you have the law, you've got the answer. You'll have judges, and you'll have people that interpret the law, that will tell you what that law means, and what it expects of you. So, and then that law would be, uh, 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 you would seek the correct application of that law and the correct, you want to know how to obey that law so that you from the law can have life. But Jesus Christ was made the wisdom of God. So we're not seeking the law. We are seeking the death and the resurrection of Jesus and what it means to us. That's what we are seeking. So when you ask wisdom, you are asking God to help you to know how the death and the resurrection applies to you. That's why the Bible also says in, in, in 1 Corinthians 2.13, it says, which things also we do speak, not in the words of man's wisdom, that man's wisdom teaches, but in the wisdom which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Now, that comparing spiritual things with spiritual, is uh, we didn't really understand that for many years. If you study that out, it basically talks about uh, explaining, comparing, I would basically say it would more be pairing. Uh, in, that, that is more what the Greek basically teaches there. When it talks about comparing there, it talks about basically talking about the effect that the spiritual or we can put it this way, seeing the spirituality that comes to us because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Taking that which is eternal and immortal and comparing it with what we were and what we are now because of the resurrection of Jesus. That is what it truly means. So when we speak wisdom, we are talking about seeking and wanting to know how the death and the resurrection pertains to my life today, to my finances today, to my relationship with my wife today, to my relationship with my children today. Or 
My grandson is ill, or my son is ill. I remember uh, a, a few years ago, my son had to have a, a like a almost like an emergency operation with his appendix started to burst and it's already started to leak a little bit and and those kind of things. I mean, I just said, God, I pray. But like my friend said, is that he is first your child, oh God. <laughs> you know, I cannot take responsibility by my prayer. I'm just comparing what happened in the resurrection of Jesus, and he's a believer, meaning that he owes his birth to God. He's the life that's in him right now comes from God. And the only thing that can give life unto him is God our Father. That's the only way. And from there we think and reason and live. Glory to God. Okay. Um, let us continue. I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians 2.5. It says that your faith should stand in the wisdom, not in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So I hope you can see here that faith is... Um, connected uh, wisdom is, is, is basically put in the, in the category of the power of God. So the wisdom of God is basically the power of God to raise the dead. We'll see that now. It says here in 1 Corinthians 2.7 But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom. So we, we talk about the hidden wisdom of God, that which was not known to man, which has been made known to man in the resurrection of Christ, which God ordained before the world unto our glory. So the hidden wisdom of God is that which was ordained unto us before the world began. Now, what was ordained unto us before the world began? Titus chapter 1, I preached that, one of my favorite scriptures. You, I think by this time you say, Bertie, please don't quote that verse again. But uh, what can I do? As long as what it's still in the scripture there, I'll read it. It says, uh, Titus 1, it says, Paul, a servant of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the firms of the faith of God's elect and the knowledge of the truth that leads to godliness in the hope of eternal life, which God, who does not lie, promised before the beginning of of time and is now uh, been made manifest through our preaching declaring that he was raised from the dead so wisdom is that which was before the world began which is that God knew how to bring eternal life to man this is wisdom this is the way unto life that that which was before the world began which was promised unto us, which is what? That we will have life by the power of God in keeping His promise. So if you lack wisdom, if you are in lack of knowing or experiencing or appropriating the whole thing that God will bring forth life in you, if you are lacking that, ask it of God. And he will bring your mind, your intellect, and your life in line with the following. God promised eternal life and is brought forth by him fulfilling his promise. That's what he will give you. That's what he will give you. 
I've had that in my life. You know, there were things that hangs like a sword over my head. And uh, it is easy to think that, well, if the sword doesn't hang over my head, then I'm going to have life. That's not wisdom. That's just a lie. The wisdom of God is that God promised me life. It's not in the power of any person to give me life by changing anything in my life. Let me let us use Zambia for an example. I cannot say that God, you know, I need joy. I, I, I lack wisdom unto joy. I don't know how to be happy. God is never going to tell me, listen, if you want to be happy, finish the mission station. Because never has joy been found in finishing a mission station. No. If I have, God is abradeth not. He's not going to go back to works. The way he's going to show me joy is he's going to tell me, listen, I want to remind you, the Spirit will remind me of what I have freely received in Christ, who remind me that uh, joy is on the other side of God being faithful to us. He will remind me of God showing his faithfulness in Jesus Christ. As we have mentioned here in um, Psalm 118, verse 17, where Jesus prayed and said, I will not die but live. So the Father promised Jesus eternal life. How did he live in wisdom? He lived as if or from the foundation that he cannot have life by himself, but the Father will give him life. He says, I will not die. But I will live and proclaim the works of the Lord. Did Jesus die? Yes. But we see the next verse. The Lord has chastened me severely, but he has not given me over to death. Now, I don't want to talk about the chastening of the Lord now, but I want to tell you there's good news. <laughs> there's good news about that. It goes on and says, Open for me gates of the righteous. I will enter and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous may enter. I will give you thanks, for you answered me. You have become my salvation. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. You remember that I preached on that verse last week. Peter understood the, the, the stone that was rejected became the cornerstone as the rejection of the stone as the crucifixion and the becoming of the cornerstone as the resurrection. Then it says, the Lord has done this and it is marvelous in our eyes. The Lord has done this, excuse me, the Lord has done it this very day. Let us rejoice today and be glad. Or if we read the uh, King James said it better there, this is the day that the Lord has made. What day has the Lord made? The day of the resurrection, the day that never was. So, in every situation, when we live by wisdom, we live by knowing the only way we can have life is by God fulfilling his promise in the spirit of God, quickening our mortal bodies, quickening our minds, quickening our emotions by the supernatural power of God in God keeping his promise. It can be in no other way. The moment we believe that, we calm down in all of our efforts whereby we want to change our situation. 
all of our efforts whereby we need to, uh, to do things. All of our efforts, this must happen, that must happen. Oh, on the other side of this, we're going to have joy. On the other side of that, we're going to have joy. I just look at uh, what was happening in the COVID. Um, I mean, I can understand it. I feel so myself. It almost felt like there's life on the other side of not wearing a mask. And then when you walk in the street and you wear a mask, uh, especially in countries where it's law, like in South Africa, you cannot not wear a mask when you are in the shop. It's law. Then you think, oh, if we can, we, we, we'll be happy again when we don't wear a mask. And the same with the English. No, on the others, we, we're going to have joy when the COVID uh, uh, restrictions is lifted. And then the president comes, or I don't know if it's the prime minister, or what he's called of England. The guy comes and he lifts everything in a day. And now, all those people are still stuck with themselves. <laughs> now, wherever you go, there you are. And it's not as if everybody's now going to be happy. Now they're going to fight for impeachment, then they're going to fight for this, then they're going to fight for that. Then they'll get a next president, and they'll still be stuck with their old flesh and who they are, being unhappy about everything, never having joy. Joy is not on the other side of lifting the COVID restrictions. It's not like that. I'm not for all the restrictions and saying I, I don't want to give myself out on that. I mean, I like the old way a lot. But my goodness, wisdom is not God. Give me wisdom. And then God's going to tell you, end these things, then you're going to be happy. No, you're going to be reminded of what, who you are in Christ, what is done for you, how much you are loved by God how much you are cared for. You're going to be reminded of his death and his resurrection. Uh, spiritual things are going to be compared with spiritual things. Let's go and let me just go take a bit of time and go to that scripture. That is uh, 1 Corinthians 2.13. And let me just explain that and read the Greek to you. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 13. Um, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Listen to the meaning of compare there. It's, comp it's compounded of two words. The one word means accompanied and the other word is judge in other words to judge together in other words to have a judgment wherein you're putting these things together it also means here literally in the Greek like that to judge one thing in connection with another thing that is to combine spiritual ideas with appropriate expressions in other words, it's when you combine spiritual ideas with spiritual expressions. So you, the spiritual idea is Jesus died, his body became spiritual, meaning immortal, physically immortal. That is what spiritual means. And now you're combining that with humans on the earth and what that means. So what it means comparing spiritual things with spiritual walking in the wisdom of God is basically uh, saying what effect 
would the resurrection of Jesus have on people here? We compare man without the resurrection with man that has been resurrected and we see the effect it had on that man. That is comparing spiritual things with spiritual. In other words, it's basically saying, saying what spiritual effect did the wisdom of God, which is God keeping his promise, have on people? So whenever you ask for the wisdom of God, he's going to tell you about and show you the effect that the resurrection has on your life today. That's what it is all about. How, how the, the, the effect the death the burial and the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus in a physical body and where his physical body will return, have on you. Just last week I've listened to, I mean, beautiful people preaching wonderful messages and then they now came out with, Jesus is not physically returning, Jesus is returning every day. Whenever you believe and uh, the Lord manifests something in you, that is the, the coming of Christ. No. That is simply uh, what we call grace and the manifestation of the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. That's not the coming of Christ. If we say it's the coming of Christ, then we can simply put it this way. It is the manifestation of the rulership of Christ in your life. But it's not the return of Jesus. It's such a difficult thing for people to believe in bodily immortality and that which was promised. Comparing what we have now because of with a resurrected Christ and what we can expect and our hope and all those kind of things. So I want to just say this to you. Jesus Christ lived in wisdom. What was the wisdom? The Father promised him eternal life. That's it. He didn't live by his own power. He lived by the power of God. Then he died and the father showed himself faithful to Jesus. Then when he raised Jesus, this resurrected Jesus is now the wisdom of God, the promise of eternal life that has now come to us to this earth. It's the inauguration of life. And we believe upon him and we rest upon him. Salvation and peace and joy will never be inside politics. Never. It never, ever, ever. Whenever you think it's that, you can that day know you are wrong. That day, the only way whereby we can have life is God's love towards us in Jesus Christ. So, wisdom is not in God. What must I do to get this thing to work out for me or that thing to work out for me? Wisdom of God is, God, what is the, how does the resurrection of Christ apply in this area of my life? That is asking wisdom. So we ask wisdom. And we're not double-minded. Because the man that thinks it is between the law and grace, comparing these to thinking a bit of this, a bit of that, that man, the man of mixture, does not experience the power of the resurrection. That's just the way it is. Glory to God. Well, thank you that I could give you this message today. I know that I maybe spoke a bit fast today and uh, um, there was a lot that I wanted to just quickly get through and I want to do this uh, in a shorter time. And I know that this is a key for you, something that you can look at. Whenever you think I need wisdom, you just say, Father, I don't even know what, I don't even want to know what I must do in this situation. I want to know how does the resurrection apply to my life today. 
then you start to think along those lines and you and you you're not waiting for just answers on what you must do you will find i i prayed prayed the other night i said god thank you that you show me you uh, uh, uh i want to know how the resurrection applies i don't want to know anything else and things started to come to my mind and as these things come to my mind on who i am in christ i found that it immediately revealed all the areas where I was trying to do it by my own self. And I was immediately set free from that. And I have peace until today. <laughs> Glory to God. Know exactly what to do in this life, not because of a commandment, but it became a result of the resurrection having its effect on me in giving peace.